Well, Dad, I'm so excited because we only have a few races left this season and you and I are back together again here yep. in person. Yep. So How what's up? And we, we even got a tree to prove it. We're together here with a little decorative tree. You yeah. Got your Clemson shirt Go on. Go Tigers. It's game oh day. Not quite the Beanbag Studios yeah. of Hoppy Toad Productions here, yeah, but, but change of location it, still looks work. pretty nice. It'll work. And I, I'm <laughs> neutral when it comes to college football because I do, do a lot of college football games, but someone isn't neutral. But uh, Not quite. Yeah. yeah. Hey, how, how, how fortunate are we? We should all count our blessings. I count my blessings. I got one of my blessings sitting here oh, right beside so. me. But think about us, all of us who love the sport of NASCAR stock car racing. And what this sport has done with the leadership, you know, Jim France, Steve Phelps, Mike Helton, Steve O'Donnell, all the people that have mm -hmm. been a part of this incredible leadership and vision in a global pandemic. Here we are, as you mentioned, Jesse, we're just a, a few weeks away from crowning a champion. And after having to sit out for a number of weeks, they were able to get back when the cooperation of local politicians and governors and folks, people like that don't cooperate unless they appreciate you and respect you. Mm -hmm. And because uh, how many other major league sports couldn't get it done? They couldn't get back up and running, not because they weren't trying, but they just couldn't get people to cooperate. And yet the cooperation with the drivers and the owners, no one was arguing about how many races we're going to run and we're going to run three nights a week or two nights a week. No, NASCAR's leadership, the drivers, the owners, you know, they all got together and said, we want to make this sport work for us and for our fans and our sponsors. And so they did that. So we got on schedule. Kudos to NASCAR and all the people involved with making this an incredibly difficult year work for sports and for a sport that now we're just a few weeks away from claiming a championship. And, you know, I, I don't want to take up too much time, but I, I didn't want to say this, that you think about what Bill France Sr. did in 1947, when he got all these local promoters together at the Streamline Hotel in Daytona. And uh, first of all, it was December of 1947. So these guys were smart anyway, because they were, it was December and they were in Daytona. Yeah, right. They knew <laughs> where they, to be. And they were... <laughs> They were at the Ebony Club rooftop bar of the Streamline Hotel. So here they are at a rooftop bar. And what Bill France said was this. He said, talk about respect and getting people to cooperate. Is He said, look, we've all got our own little series. We've all got a couple little short tracks and some of you guys in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And you're doing okay in your little fiefdom. But what if we put all this together and made one major motorsports series? Mm -hmm. We could have an impact. And, of course, out of that meeting with all those people who respected and believed in uh, Bill France Sr., they founded NASCAR. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, that kind of respect has moved forward with Bill France Jr. and now Jim France and the whole family and with great leadership from within, with, as I mentioned, Steve Phelps and Mike Kelton and company. But that's why you got the cooperation you got from from governors and mm -hmm. politicians and everyone saying, we want you to race too. And although we can't let fans in right now, you will eventually, with these drivers showed up and had to sit in their cars in the infield and wait to go <laughs> and get in the car, couldn't go talk to their crew. Crew chiefs are working from home, but they made it work. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so proud to be a fan, to be a follower, and to have had most of my career involved in this sport of NASCAR stock car racing, just because of things like this that have happened this year. Absolutely. And, and I mean, when we sit here and, and talk about college football, as recently as this week, we yeah, see cancellations yeah. and postponements in college football. And how blessed are we as NASCAR fans yeah. to be able to sit here and so solidly, so confidently talk about a championship race in just a few weeks and not have any concern about the potential of running that. So I do agree. I feel very blessed. 31 thankful. college football games have been canceled. You know, and in NASCAR, the sport did what it had to do and people dodged that and we got, we got through it. So we're very fortunate, very blessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree.
agree with you. And like you said, just a few races left to the end of this season. We just saw a very exciting, well, I guess it depends on who you ask. I thought it was an incredibly exciting weekend at Kansas. We can talk a little bit about what yeah. we saw as far as on-track competition went. Sure, sure. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, we're getting ready to head to Texas this weekend. So, um, Dad, very important episode on top of everything we just mentioned. Oh, yeah. It's episode 24. 24. And if my memory suits me right, <laughs> I just, I feel like there was a pretty influential guy that drove the 24. This is a terrible joke. I, I realize the more I go into yeah, it, it's just yeah. a terrible joke. But yes, episode 24. <laughs> you know, Jeff Gordon, watching him, all my friends up in Indianapolis who did Thursday Night Thunder and Saturday Night Thunder, Terry Langner, incredible producer, and Conrad Picciarella, Bob Jenkins, mm -hmm. you know, Larry Newber, all those guys that did, did Thursday Night Thunder. And they had this kid up there racing who looked like he was nine years old, but he would go out there and just spank people because he was so good with the car. And then in 1990, he came down to, to run, he came down to do the Buck Baker driving school at Rockingham. And uh, he, he looked like he, he looked like he should have been, been in the car taking a nap instead of out here driving a car. And, uh, <laughs> and he impressed so many people. Buck Baker was a hard guy to impress. You know, his son, Buddy Baker was pretty doggone good, but he came in and impressed everyone. And then a couple weeks later, he gets in Hugh Connerty's car to race the Bush series at Rockingham. And I remember walking over there to the, the, the Bush cars are on the back stretch at Rockingham and we're doing the, we're doing that race on ESPN. I go over walking and I go in the garage and meet this kid. And it looks like, I mean, I'm sure that uh, there was some discussion whether the guards were going to even let him in because it looked like he was probably 12 years old. Uh, but he's getting in this car and he's driving the wheels off this car in 1990. And I think he was 19 years old back then. Um, and back then, some people didn't make it to cup until they were 35, 36, 38 years old. Harry Gant ran his first cup race in 38. Here's a kid's 19. That's one of the best of the best. First time he sat in a stock car. So you knew he was going to be good. And the guy he had with him, this, uh, this crew chief, this, this, this unknown kid from somewhere in the Northeast named Ray Everham. He's going to be pretty oh, yeah. good too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and actually Andy Petrie helped make that, that situation. Uh, we'll tell that story later. Uh, but, just amazing to think about Jeff Gordon in 1990 going on a winning championship, four championships, uh, you know, 93 wins. I got a chance. I was blessed to do a lot of those victory lanes and a lot of those championship celebrations. Um, and then, uh, as you mentioned, I, I think one of the biggest disappointments I had was even though we're neutral when we do the races, we don't pull for one driver mm -hmm. over another. Right. But when, when our last year seeing Jeff Gordon almost – make it to the championship round. He had that, an incident at Texas Motor mm -hmm. Speedway. We looked like he had the best car there. Um, and he was we, we, working his way through traffic and got between two cars and, and uh, got held up and got some damage. And that cost him a chance to move on to the championship round, which if I'm not mistaken, he won the pole the following, you know, a few weeks later at Homestead where I think he'd have won the championship. Um, but that, that would have been a great way for him to finish his career. It didn't happen, but uh, still, uh, you know, great Jeff, episode 24, Jeff Gordon. Uh, and in my book, and I'm not trying to be insulting. I was to, just going to say, you got to give, I, give I some know, credit. <laughs> I know you're a millennial and you love all these young, and I do too, you know, uh, but the 24 car will always be Jeff Gordon, like the three will always be Dale Earnhardt, and the 43 will always be the King Richard Petty. I, I get it. I understand that. And of course, you know, I am a millennial. I am a young NASCAR fan. <laughs> but no, of course, my respect 
definitely lies uh, with Jeff Gordon, but I would be remiss not to give credit where credit was due and say that this is episode 24. So currently we could also call it episode William Byron because he is piloting that 24 and got his first win this season with Mr. Chad Knauss. So, uh, you know, that's awesome. I'm excited to see what kind of a future uh, William Byron could potentially have ahead of him. Maybe we'll find ourselves telling some William Byron stories in a couple of years, just like we tell some about a young Jeff Gordon. Also, I was going to say, it's funny when you talk about Jeff, you know, being such a young kid, we need to get mom back on here because when mom talks about Jeff Gordon, it's so funny. She's like, oh, little Jeff, you know, with his little mustache coming in, like mom truly sees him still as this young 19 year old kid at the racetrack that's like trying to grow facial hair, you know? And so I'd love to get a few of her uh, Jeff Gordon stories on the podcast. One, one more quick Jeff Gordon story. When Jeff was first driving, came down to the bush here, he was driving for Bill Davis, one of the, you know, Bill and Gail Davis, two of the greatest people that you'd ever want to meet. Uh, and he had a Ford. Uh, and Ford Jeff went to Chevrolet. He was driving a Ford, and Ford had an open test in Daytona, like December 20th, 21st, 22nd. So it's right before Christmas, um, and so they're all testing. So I, I lived across the street from from the racetrack there in Indigo, and so I went over and invited all my buddies at Ford, you know, the Wood Brothers, Leonard and Glenn, all their families, you know, Bud Moore, all the Ford teams, Bill Davis, everybody, anybody that was there, whether it was a Bush Series or Cup, to come over for a big cookout that night. And so they're over in my house. We have coolers out by the pool, and I'm out there cooking burgers and dogs nothing fancy. And uh, I'm walking around, people are coming by and say hello. I walk through the living room of my house and I've just built this newer home. Um, and so there's a young, there's a little kid sitting on the end of the sofa. I mean, it looked like a, you know, he's sitting on his knees. Like, he's a like, child on your I, sofa. Like, he, was so, he was so, you know, timid and intimidated. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, and I'm like, I walk in, I sit down, I said, hi. I said, I'm, I'm Jerry Punch. I said, glad to have you here. And you are? He said, Jeff Gordon, he introduced himself and very polite. And I said, well, he said, thank you for having, having us here. It's like, and he wasn't, I mean, everybody was walking around with a beer or he mm-hmm. was sitting there. He wasn't drinking a beer because he was way underage. Sure. And, um, and then he, he looked at me and said, thank you for having this party for everybody. He says, my, he looked around and said, my, this is a beautiful house you have here. And I said, young man, I said, someday you're going to have a house that makes this look like a garage. I said, so, so I am so excited for your future and where you're headed and where you're going. And I said, thanks for coming over today. And I would, I said, you're driving for Bill Davis, right? He said, yeah. He said, I said, you, what a great guy. And I said, I wish you the best. And I think, I said, I think we're going to see a lot of each other over the years. And sure enough, yeah. we did. But, but <laughs> what a nice young man. He was sitting there. He didn't want to do anything wrong, make any mistakes. So, and then I pointed out where the, where the cooler was with the, with the soft drinks. Yeah. <laughs> there's, and there's the milk over there in the corner. Yeah, if you need yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a great person. That's awesome. That's back in the early days. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, we could talk about Jeff all day. And the last thing I want to say is just how great it is for me, even though I am a younger NASCAR fan, because I can respect him as a driver. But now I get the opportunity as an up and coming broadcaster to watch him and respect him on this, this broadcasting venture, you know, seeing him in the booth with Mike Joy. I mean, it's yeah, truly yeah. a phenomenal crew. So I just think it's really cool. I, I wish I could have been, um, you know, enjoying and experiencing more of his career as I work with NASCAR. But now I truly feel blessed that I get to kind of learn from watching him as a broadcaster. Yeah, working really with Mike cool. is, uh, you know, Mike and I were roommates years ago when we worked together in Daytona. You so mentioned that last week, and I was yeah, really hoping yeah. you would elaborate on yeah, that because that's not something you just like yeah, touch yeah, on and well, move Mike, on. Mike and, I, Mike and I lived in a house together. I was a resident, in, I was working at the hospital in the ER in Daytona. Mike was just starting out with MRN, and we, we and Mike had a, had a road racing car that he was working on at night in the garage, and I was moonlighting at different ERs around. So we were friends. We both loved NASCAR. Both loved the sports. So we were together uh, for a while. And and uh, uh, but uh, we never hardly got a chance to relax anywhere. One night we went to a little little club across the street from Daytona, 
and uh, might enjoy learning to do the bunny hop. Yeah, I need to ask him about that sometime. I'm sure he probably <laughs> would, he probably is cringing right now that I would bring that up. But anyway, did you have, teach him how to do the bunny no, hop? No, no, okay. no, no, no. I was I was not a bunny hopper. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh -huh. that goes way way back into the that probably should stay in the Smithsonian of motorsports announcers going to have. That's what happens when you have a few too many iced teas. But anyway, the uh, so. Yeah, we were friends a long time, and we've been friends a long time, and have tremendous respect for what Mike does as a play-by-play -play guy and host. And 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 Jeff, just showing you, Jeff Gordon was an incredible student as a driver, absorbing, learning, incredibly intelligent. Look what he's done as a broadcaster. Yeah. He's learned, he's listened, and now he really does a, a great job of of giving the fans, the viewers, and the listeners what they want. Mike does a nice job of setting him up, and now I can't wait till they add uh, Clint Boyer in there because Clint's going to be the Benny Parsons of that bunch. And 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 holy cow, how much better can they be? And uh, I'm a Clint Boyer fan. I also love the fact that he's so entertaining, mm -hmm. and he's so engaging, like a Benny Parsons. He's one of us. He's a, you know the fans can identify with him because he's just a good old boy. You know, uh, you know. So I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, Jeff Gordon's done a great job. Mike, I hope he stays forever. Um, and. Uh, and so I just, uh, you yeah, know, what a great team. Well, you mentioned Clint Boyer. We got some news this week on the 14 car. We'll talk about that yeah. in just a little bit. Um, first, I want to quickly, very quickly kind of run through some of the storylines from Kansas because I mentioned earlier, it depends on who you ask, but I thought it was an incredibly exciting weekend at Kansas. Uh, first, I want to just give a quick honorable mention here on the ARCA side. We did crown the 2020 yeah. ARCA Series champion over the weekend. Brett Holmes, who earned his first ARCA win this season and is now an ARCA champion. Um, so talk about feet to come in and get your first win and then also win the championship and on top of that he's racing for brett holmes family racing i mean his mom is listed as his car owner online so how neat is that you know john markham started arca in 1953 and uh, it was listed as a semi-professional stock car series meaning that many of these people had jobs and they and but and john markham was a friend and a competitor of bill france senior it was 1964 i think bill france senior asked john markham so won't you bring your midwestern stock car series originally it was called mark m-a-r-c midwestern uh i think automobile racing ser uh, series something like that mm. uh, Midwestern Association for Race Cars. That's what it was. Midwestern oh, Association for I Race Cars, that. Mark. And then in 1964, when Bill France Sr. asked him, why don't you bring your guys down here? We're friends, we're buddies, we respect each other. You come down and run, I'm going to have something called Speed Weeks, which sort of stuck, you know, is, is caught on. And so they came down and ran the ARCA 200 at Speed Weeks. And then Bill France Sr. told John Markham, said, hey, we're buddies. Listen, you know, Midwestern Association for Race Cars is good, but let's make this a bigger name, make it more of a national name. So they changed the name in 1964 to the Automobile Racing Club of America, mm -hmm. you know, the entire country. And then it just took off. So that, you know, you think about the relationship uh, uh, and, the, and the drivers that came through that series, going back to our buddy, Benny Parsons, I just mentioned was a two-time market champion. And then three years later, it goes off and becomes a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Yeah, three years later. How, wow. How, 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 wow. How, how about that? I mean, and, and you know, it's just, I look at, in 1989, I had the pleasure of calling the ARCA championship race for one Bob Keselowski. Okay. His brother, Ron, was the engine builder and crew chief. And his little boy, uh, you know, Brad, you might know Brad Keselowski. Part of him. We're working on that. And it was a family-owned team. What a great family. You know, Bobby Bauscher, who followed his dad, Jack Bauscher, in the championship. Bill Venturini, now still a big-time car owner, was a two-time champion. 2008, how about a young kid named Justin Allgaier, who became an ARCA champion? 2011, Ty Dillon, Chris Buescher in 2012. These names sound wow. familiar. Look at what they've done. Uh, Grant Empfinger in 2015 is a three-time winner in the in the truck series this year. Uh, 
And how about Chase Briscoe, 2016 mm. Arca Menard Series champion. And we're going to talk in a moment about oh, where yeah. his career is going. Couldn't be happier for that kid in Indiana. Christian Eckes in 2019. And then this year, family-owned team, how appropriate. You know, Brett Holmes, congratulations. You're the 2020 Arca Menard Series champion. Yeah, how awesome is that? I could not be more <laughs> excited for Brett Holmes. And I love the the history that you just gave because that really needs to be uh, recognized. That, it, you know, it really only is what this past year that we've seen Arca and NASCAR finally come together and merge as one company. But this respect, like you yeah. talked about off, off the top of the show here, just the respect for the sport that we, that, that the France family and the, yeah. you know, the founders of NASCAR were able to gander and see now, however many years later, it is still coming to fruition and building young talent. It's really, it's really impressive. Well, Bill France Sr. always said, I will never have a big, a big racing weekend without John Markham and the Arca series. That was loyalty. How, how many times yeah. can you use the word loyalty in major league sports? Loyalty and respect. And in 2018, Jim France, one of my all-time favorite people in that mm -hmm. family, I love them all, but Jim, Jim, Jim France got together with Ron Drager, uh, who is, uh, was the grandson of, of John Markham, and they decided to, to, to merge and then uh, and that's when ARCA, the Arca Menard series, became a part of NASCAR so they could maintain that relationship that had been going on for 67 years. Um, and you think about, you know, Jim France, you know, did that in 2018, but it was a few years before that that he's sort of the master of the mergers, Jim France. Mm -hmm. Remember he merged, was it, was it the Grand Am, Grand Am, these two, two road, road, Grand Am series, and I think it was the uh, American Le Mans series to put those together and have one solid series now in IMSA. So look at what Jim France has done and that, but, but getting back to ARCA, having, now being under mm -hmm. the, the NASCAR umbrella, that series has become even a more vital stepping stone for drivers to be able to get you know, all kinds of experience because ARCA runs on short tracks, speedways, some dirt. And then you can go from there if you want to go to the Gander Outdoor mm -hmm. Truck Series or Xfinity. You can take those steps as we've now seen the Chris, the Chris Bushers and the Justin Allgaiers of the world. Right. And that's, it's what you just said. It's all those names you just listed. Those are the reasons why we take the time every week yeah. to talk about the ARCA Series. And those drivers that we just listed, those are the reasons why you should never underestimate or sleep on any of this young talent that's coming up in yeah. the series. So again, huge congratulations to Brett Holmes and family as well, because that is a big feat for the entire Holmes family. All right, on the truck side, another Brett here, uh, Brett Moffitt, who got his first win of 2020, which, mind you, Brett Moffitt is the 2018 Truck Series champion. Yeah. So now he was driving uh, for Hattori Racing when he won that championship. Different team now, but still, this kid has what it takes to win a truck championship. And I also want to note that this Brett, Dad, this is going to hurt you because you are an ER doctor, so I just prepare you right now. <laughs> Brett did something a little... Um, stupid one could say i'm sure he would admit that now back in uh march it was honestly yeah. days before the uh shutdown happened due to the pandemic at a buddy's house hopped on a motorcycle and broke both of his femurs he broke both of his yeah. legs in march and this is a kid that now however many months later here right. in october is getting ready to fight for his second cup or nascar truck series yeah. championship that is yeah. so impressive yeah jack roush always told carl Edwards to go off and run dirt somewhere and come back and have an injured injured or broken wrist he'd say if you're going to be stupid you better be tough yeah and uh, obviously <laughs> this kid's tough because and congratulations uh brad and what what a great race uh he had uh you know at you know at, at kansas i mean you think about you know racing his teammate there yep. we the, need to talk Zane, about Zane that. smith i mean holy cow what what a great race that was and so you know it's hard to say it's funny when you sit back now i get in to call those races over the years i got to sit in the booth and call them now i said home 
home and watch them, and I say, hey, wow, how can there be a better race than this truck race today? Because Zane Smith drives through the field, gets right there to his teammate. Yeah. It doesn't want to wreck him, but they, they need to they, – they, they basically block, block a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, and then suddenly here Zane Smith spins. But uh, they're teammates in the same yeah. team. Uh, but, uh, but what a great finish. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned teammates, too, because that is not the first time we've seen GMS teammates battle it out hard yeah. for a win. I mean, those guys are willing to go at it because, I mean, they know. And, and you mentioned it before in other episodes that Mari Gallagher, as a team owner, is like, go out there and battle each other for that win. I want to see you fight for the win. And, and they're getting that every week. So also big props to Zane Smith, who yeah. announced yeah. this week he will be returning to that number 21 awesome. ride next season, which is yeah. huge. But the way that he handled that, Brett Moffitt did, did in the post-race interview say that it was a bit of a bad block on his end. So he did take credit for that. And Zane could not have been more mature in the way that he handled right. himself as a young driver who's trying to earn a ride, trying to get a win. He had every right to just be fuming and he was so mature and if i'm a sponsor or a team owner that's a kid that i want on my team so professional and he's 19 years old mm -hmm. and, and he's, he realizes that the sky's the limit the, you know you know the world's his oyster whatever you want to say whatever you know it's it, just the fact he's got a bright future but for him to be able to get out of that truck you know and i'm going to give i give incredible credit to him but also give credit to that team manager you know mike b mike mm. b's been around a long time mike's a good friend of mine i've known him forever and uh, he's got that Rick Hendrick kind of approach to people where, where he, I want you to be successful, but I want you to understand how it happens. It doesn't happen by accident. You got to be a, you got to be a grown up. You got to be professional. You got to be, you got to have class and dignity. You win with dignity, you lose with grace. And that's what my, that's what Mike Beam does with that team. That's why I think you see those guys can race each other and get out of the truck and realize, Hey, what a blessing today just to be here in this truck, in this mm -hmm. team. Um, and, then, uh, and then maybe next week it'll be my week. So I think, yeah, congratulations to those guys. And Zane Smith. I mean, I, I think if you're a sponsor out there, and I think there are people already looking big time at him for 2021, mm -hmm. uh, you, you realize this is a great kid to be, be along with. Yeah, I uh, I should mention too in in that race, Haley Deegan made her truck series That's debut. Right. I didn't want to forget right. this because that was very important. She finished 16th, and you guys, this is a this is a girl that has zero experience in a truck. She right. had zero right. practice and zero qualifying, and she went out there and finished 16th, which is incredibly impressive. And then following her uh, run at Kansas, was able to announce this week that she'll be running full time in the truck series next year for DGR Crosley. So, um, congratulations, to yeah. Haley. Yeah, David Gillen, Bo Lamastis, who owned DGR Crosley. Um, and, and Haley, Haley's announcement is, is, is more than just the fact that she's going to run for Sunoco rookie of the year next year. Mm -hmm. It's an announcement. It's sort of another statement by Ford motor company that we are going to invest in young drivers. They're going to invest in Haley Deegan and develop her. She's going to, I think word is they're going to put her in some road racing series. They're going to do some things, but they're going to, it's not going to, not going to have her. They're going to support her and develop her for the future. And I think you've seen what that's happened for the, uh, for the Chase Briscoes and others. I mean, and, and I think that says, says a whole lot about what Ford, not that others aren't, I'm not saying Toyota and Chevrolet aren't, but I think that's a nice statement by Ford. We're going to take Haley Deegan. We know she's got talent and ability, and we're going to help grow, grow that and nurture that. Well, and in talking about another Ford driver who's actively coming up and developing through uh, their programs is um, – Chase Briscoe, like yeah. we mentioned, and, and in everything we've heard about Chase Briscoe this week, Tony Stewart came out and was speaking very highly of the Ford driver development program as well. And just what that manufacturer is doing to develop oh, young yeah. talent. And um, he obviously being a, a Ford owner um, had very high uh, praises to sing there. So 
Yeah, and if anybody's done it, anybody appreciates how hard it is to develop a young talent. It's Tony Stewart. He understands because he was he lived it. He lived it coming out of uh -huh. the open world ranks, trying to trying to be able to get to a short track and go in. He had to win a heat race and didn't have enough money to get his girlfriend in. And she was sitting down the car because <laughs> he didn't have money to buy her a pass. I mean, he lived it from the grassroots up, and then becomes an IndyCar champion and comes to NASCAR and wrecks everything. You know, he can get in for a while because he's pushing the limit, like Jeff Gordon did. He's pushing the limit because he has that kind of talent. Um, you know, the Briscoe family, if you don't mind my take, I of love course. giving the history. The Briscoe family, they are th he's a third-generation driver, third generation being involved in the sport. His dad, Kevin, was a five-time track champion in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington's where the University of Indiana is. I've been up there to do lots of football and basketball games over the years. Great short track racing there. His grandfather, Richard, now think about this. His grandfather, Richard, was a car owner uh, for Rich Vogler and Dave Blaney. Uh, how about that? Two, two of the greatest dirt sprint car with drivers ever uh so 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 he's a third generation driver uh and uh so couldn't couldn't you can imagine how how proud that yes. family's got to be knowing that here's chase briscoe who grew up with tony stewart was his idol mm -hmm. I mean, how, how do you not grow up in indiana and want to be the next tony stewart <laughs> not that anybody can but now he gets to drive for smoke i mean He's got his kids got to wake up every morning and pinch himself and say, I'm mm -hmm. really going to drive for, you know, for, for, you know, Stuart Haas racing. And so, you know, Gene Haas is obviously a major part of that. I'm not locking you out, Gene, but I mean, the driving for Tony Stewart, right. um, that's got to be so cool. So thrilled for that. that. And that's what happens in NASCAR. It's like the great American dream. Kids can follow. They can come from the ARCA ranks. You can be a Justin Allgaier. You can be, you know, a, the son of an ARCA champion like Brad Keselowski was. And then you work your way into becoming mm -hmm. a, a Bush Series champion and on up to an NASCAR a Cup top title. So mm -hmm. that's so cool in this sport. Well, and you said it when you said it right, right there, when you work your way to being right. a champion like Keselowski did. And that's to know Briscoe for being a third generation driver definitely did not have a single thing handed to him. If anything, he felt more pressure knowing that he has yeah. big shoes to fill and he worked for every opportunity that he got. If you have an opportunity to hear Briscoe's story, you know, we could talk about him all day, but right. I mean, he was sleeping on friends' couches and sweeping yeah. the floor at the race shop just to be a test driver. And now look what he is uh, looking at for the next couple seasons. Yeah. I mean, and you said it, I think that's why Tony also has such a, a really high uh, appreciation for Chase and where he's come and where he's also yeah. going. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so again, big win for Chase this weekend. He got number nine of the season. Holy cow. He led 159 of 200 laps. He just absolutely dominated. Um, Dad, I mean, I posed the question this week on the pace lap. I said, if Chase continues to run this way, can anyone beat him? And it sounds silly, but I don't know. One of the best part about the sport is it, anything can happen. You know, and, you know, you can have a great year. And I've seen it time and again, and you get to that last race of the year, it's winner take all. Yeah. And Homestead, I mean, it was always winner take all. Now at Phoenix, you got to get to Phoenix. You got you to be good that day. You got to be good that day. Can you meet Austin Sendrick? I mean, who's incredibly talented. And, uh, you know, I, I just, there's so many other, Justin Allgaier. Can mm, you beat, yeah. can you, I don't know who all is going to be there right now. We don't know. Uh, but you got to be, you know, you got to, it's not about being the best all year. You got to be the best today. Mm -hmm. That's at Phoenix. Point. And that's the good part about the sport. I think that's why I love the national championship scenario in college football is that, you know, you can get there all year long, but it isn't about records. You know, it's that, you know, can, can you beat Cle Alabama or can you beat Clemson? Mm -hmm. Can you beat the best of the best this day? 
And I think that's what makes NASCAR so exciting is every week it's like a one-week playoff. Yeah, that's absolutely – you're so right about that. And that's also why, you know, as we move into talking about the Cup Series here, you said it, you have to get there. Yeah. And so yeah. for all season long, as we've been looking at some of these drivers that have been dominating and one goes, oh, that's the champion. Well, we're at the point now where you still have to get there. Yeah. And then you have to be the best that day. So uh, exactly. I say that because Joey Logano is the first Cup Series driver to lock himself into the championship four. And if you've looked at uh, the past couple weeks, Logano, well, if you look at the season, Logano has has not won since back in March. We did, yeah. you know, ironically was Phoenix. So that is, you yeah. know, a he, nice omen there. But he, he won two of the first four, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and he, they, you know, remember they made the switch, switch around with all the crew chiefs. And so he and Paul right. Wolf had to come together. So he won two of the first four. And then he has to go 29 weeks before he wins again. Now, obviously, he won at Phoenix early mm-hmm. in the year, but uh, no one gave Joey Logano that win at Kansas. I mean, he drove, you know, he's sitting there watching this race, and uh, you really get a great appreciation for how hard it is to pass and how hard these guys work. You know, NBC did a wonderful job with the onboard camera uh, in Kevin Harvey's car, and, and mm-hmm. so did the guys upstairs. I mean, I mean, Dale Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Burton, you know, all, all the guys are talking about how hard it is in that car to drive and you could you could hear the engine as as harvick would run up behind logano and logano would block him go low go high which is what he has to do to win a race and 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 harvick would get the arrow push and have to back out mm-hmm. um and uh, just every you're holding your breath every lap because harvick would back out and he had to keep running back down and try to go again all the time that's you know nbc would come back and show you that hey, here's here's uh, the 88 car yeah you know, you know moving in on him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, great job by, by Joey Logano, um, tremendous props. And Joey said, and don't try this at home, by the way, Joey said, I was looking more at my rearview mirror than I was <laughs> on my windshield um, because he had to hold off, yeah. you know, as you go, as we all call this guy, the closer. The closer, right. Yeah. I mean, I, you said it. I was, I, I mentioned it a couple times, you know, I thought it was an exciting cup race. Some people beg to differ because on paper, it might not look like the most exciting race, but if you sat and watched those final couple oh, laps, yeah. for, for Joey Logano to hold off the closer in those final laps, I mean, and like you said, being able to uh, almost be in Kevin's seat and try to predict where he's going to pass and what move he's going to make, I was on the edge of my seat yeah, the entire yeah, time. Absolutely. I thought it was Kansas produced awesome racing this weekend and weird kind of um fun fact about that that i thought was interesting and i never would have guessed this but that was the coldest cup race that we've had since martinsville in 2015 i would not have expected kansas in october to be as cold as that but i don't know yeah 43 degrees that morning on the grid and uh, with the windshield they were saying it was 38 38 degrees Uh, i think it was kyle or kurt bush i I don't remember one of them said and i thought this was a this was this very revealing that they had their crews tape off the NACA duck on the side of the car that normally vents air into the car because it would be blowing air onto their on the steering wheel and on mm-hmm. them and it would didn't want didn't want their hands to freeze on the steering wheel because that's how cold it was in the car so yeah. uh yeah these guys uh uh but cold day you know hot race you yep. know, hot, yeah hot there you go. so you know it's um you know and and i i just you know I, here again i i i think um you know i i joey logano is there he's in phoenix now mm-hmm. who else is going to join him you know will, will we see you know, everyone's thinking, well, you know, is it Hamlin and Harvick or Givens? Are they? I don't know. Hamlin's only 20 above the cut line right now. Uh, what about Brad Kay? I mean, you know, Chase Elliott has never made it to the championship 
race, the final, final, could this be the year? Chase, you know, coming off the momentum from a week ago. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's really going to be interesting as we get close to this finish. And I'm just glad we're there as I sit at the top of the show mm -hmm. because of, of how hard it was to get here. But now, oh my gosh, how exciting is this for the Cup Series? Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, let's move on to some NASCAR news. We mentioned that there was a lot of silly season uh, developments this week. I want to get to those in just a second because there were two major, major announcements in the NASCAR world this week that I want to get your take on, Dad. First, let's start with Kyle Larson. Right. Kyle Larson has officially been reinstated by NASCAR, uh, which means that he will be eligible to return to competition um, starting January 1st, 2021. So at the beginning of next year, he can return if uh, he so chooses to or a team chooses to bring him on because NASCAR has stated that Kyle has done all of the necessary precautions and, in other words, has proved in his personal life that he is is um, working to improve himself and be the best that he can be to represent the company. So, well, kudos to NASCAR. I mean, this is a, we live in a world of second chances. We live in a world where you get a chance to make if you make a mistake, and we all make mistakes. Uh, you, you find a way to, to get better, to correct yourself, and then you come back and you be the person you want to be. That's what Kyle Larson did. Look at what Kyle Larson did. He quietly went off, didn't wasn't beating his chest trying to get media to cover what he was doing. He quietly went off to find out, okay. I said something I shouldn't have said. That word should never have been in my vocabulary. It shouldn't be in anyone's vocabulary. No. It, 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 it evokes hatred and discrimination. He made a mistake. He said something casually he should never have said. And here's a young man who grew up, he came up through the diversity ranks in NASCAR. The doors that were open for him early in NASCAR were from a diversity program. Mm -hmm. his, his family is, you know, he's part Japanese, as, as he would tell you. And he said, so if anyone should understand, you know, how difficult, how hurtful, how painful that could be, I do now. But he had to go off and learn. He had learned not because he wanted to show NASCAR, but because he wanted to learn inside himself is that why how did that happen? Why did that? Why did I say that? And how wrong is that? Mm -hmm. and I think now he's he's made such a difference quietly for himself and others, and now he can come back and be the young man, incredibly talented young man, that's going to help move his career and the sport forward. I think he will be a wonderful asset uh, to to a race team and their rumblings about where he may go. But I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that he's applied for reinstatement and has been reinstated by NASCAR, and also the fact that I think what he's learned and what he's done will make him a much, much better person mm -hmm. and a much, much better driver. And I think that this whole episode will help NASCAR as a sport moving forward. I absolutely agree with you on that. And, and in shifting to less of a, a business side of things, Dad, you and I talked about just Kyle as a competitor and uh, as, a, as a driver and the way that he views um, – his career, I guess you could yeah. say, and his day-to-day -day activities, you know, it's easy for anybody to get into a rut or to maybe not appreciate where they are or what they're, where they're going. Um, and I think people could argue that Kyle was maybe getting there a little bit. He wasn't showing the same personality that he once had at a younger age and just didn't have the same fire inside of him, not from a driving standpoint, but just from a, you know, the the media and the whole enjoying what you're doing standpoint and i i truly i firmly believe and i truly hope that kyle going back to his roots doing this dirt track racing doing this short track racing kind of relearning himself relearning yeah, yeah. his love for the sport and re um remembering how hard he worked to get to where he was i have to believe and i just really hope that once he is able to come back if he so chooses to to come back we'll have that regained appreciation i, I think we all say that you never appreciate something until you lose it you don't sure. you don't realize how much you, you love it and you appreciate it until you until you lose it and i think that 
um, and, and, and Kyle Larson, I can't speak for him spiritually, whatever, but I think things happen for a reason. And I think now, I think he was at a point, as you said, Jesse, where maybe it was just, okay, I get up and I go race and I'm good at it. I'm, I'm talented and I've had a lot of people around me to support me, but okay, I'm racing and now the race is over. Now uh, it's a blessing. I get to go do what I mm -hmm. love to do. I appreciate my life. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the people around me in NASCAR, the, the, the people that have supported me and I appreciate uh, people more and you recognize mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't, I'll be the first one to tell you, I didn't understand and appreciate how lucky I was to do NASCAR for 30 some years and ESPN and MRN and all the radio stuff. I mean, just, I was so every week I was there and it was part, but I never understood how special that was until it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then you miss the drivers and the crew chiefs and the car, you miss the people. Now you miss the sport. You don't miss standing on pit road when it's 38 degrees, <laughs> but <laughs> or but, traveling every or weekend. Or but, yeah. but because, and they having to leave, leave you guys at home and mom. But I, it, it, it is. Uh, and I think Kyle Larson has got that. And I, I think this kid's going to roar back um, and really make a statement with, uh, with wherever he goes. And there's rumblings as to where that might be. And, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm really thrilled for him and for the sport. Uh, let's start some rumors. Well, I don't think we started them, but let's, let's, let's talk about them at least. Yeah. There's rumblings of where he's going, Dad. I'm going to put you on the spot. Why not talk about these rumors? I hear he might be going to Hendrick. Yeah. I hear they yeah. might be taking that 88 car, changing up the number a little bit, throwing Larson in there. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. I, I think if, if there's a perfect place, I mean, I'll, Chip Ganassi's a friend, and I love Chip, and Chip, Chip had to let him go for obvious reasons, and Chevy and sponsors, et cetera. But I think if there's a place uh, for this young man to come back, um, it would, it would be, my guesses would be somewhere like Rick Hendrick or Roger Penske because, mm -hmm. uh, the mentorship you're going to get there with these two guys, not that you wouldn't get it anywhere else. You'd get it with Richard Childress, you'd get it with Chip Ganassi. But I think that that support, that camaraderie with the other drivers, uh, and I think Hendrick is a perfect place, uh, for this young man to come back. The scenario works best for Hendrick because they're going to have an, they have an open car, the 88 car. Um, and they move Alex Bowman who already had a personal services agreement with Ally who's, who's staying on the 48 and when you've had Jimmy Johnson I mean I don't know I don't know how you replace you don't replace Jimmy Johnson no. but you got to put someone else that's squeaky clean and the all-american boy in that car so, so I think that's good that they put Alex Bowman there now the 88 car is open sponsorship coming on board you know um yeah that's I, that'd be, in my opinion that would be a perfect place for a uh, Kyle Larson to go under the tutelage of Rick Hendrick and say okay yeah Rick's had a, taken a few young drivers and helped mold them over the years um, and I think, uh, I think that's, that'd be a good situation. And I think that's where he'll go. I agree. Uh, the last thing I'll say about Kyle Larson before we move on to other NASCAR news is you mentioned the camaraderie of teammates and that really should say it all. If you've heard any driver talk about the reinstatement of Kyle Larson, they have been nothing but excited and proud of Kyle. You know, right. all of these drivers in the field are excited to see him back. They're happy to see his growth and they're hopeful for his future. And so I think that really, if you're a fan and you have any hesitation or just question how this is all going down, Look at the way that the sport and his competitors are re-inviting him in with open arms, and that just says it all. And even competitive owners, people that he's not going to drive for, but people who care about him as a person and care about him and his future may have to beat him now in their cup cars. You know, they're, they, they've been around him at some of these dirt tracks, these short tracks, and I've got to believe that Kyle Larson has gone to them and turned to them and said – you know, hey, I'd appreciate your input. I'd appreciate your mm -hmm. advice. And because of their respect 
and, and because of his respect and admiration for who they are, if someone like a Tony Stewart, for example, then Kyle has taken that. I mean, you think about Kyle may come back and end up trying to beat Stewart Haas racing, but I got to believe Tony Stewart was also a big help to this kid when, when he was low and down. That's what race car drivers do for each other. You may want to beat this guy every Sunday on the racetrack, but if he's hurting or his family's hurting or they're suffering, you help each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something else I love about this sport. Um, as we saw happen years ago with Rick Hendrick and others who have gone through tough times with his leukemia, etc everyone banded together and to work to lift up rick and linda hendrick and 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 because that's you care because right. you do care and it's you know and it, that's that's special and at the end of the day it's it's bigger than racing it's way oh, bigger oh, than yeah. competing oh, yeah. on a track yeah if you're watching on youtube you might be noticing our lights flicker that's just the spooky element that we've yeah. added it's to halloween. our it's approaching our Hall halloween, halloween episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah or it's faulty wiring we haven't yeah. quite figured it out but i'm uh, working on that. yeah one of the two dad we meant money on yeah. that i'm a doctor i'm not an electrician <laughs> i can take out your gallbladder but i'm having trouble getting this light wired. yeah yeah we'll, all right we'll take, we'll figure it out. All right, some more <laughs> exciting NASCAR news, Dad. Um, I think we called it. We might have been the only ones to call it. I don't think anybody else saw it coming. But Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan have officially claimed the number 23 car. That was also another terrible joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, but with yeah. claiming that number 23 and announcing that, they also announced the official name of their team, which is um, – it's – Pronounced 2311, but it's 23 and then XI11 in, yeah. in Roman numerals. Um, pretty interesting, pretty exciting stuff. The video, the announcement video was, yeah, was hype. That's cool. And I'm thrilled yeah. for them, thrilled for the sport, thrilled for Mike, for Michael Jordan to be in. Poor Brad Darty's trying to get tried to get Michael played together, you know, in North Carolina mm -hmm. and everybody's there in each other's weddings or whatever. Um, but he's trying to get Michael to be a car owner with him for years and now Michael, you know, who, who developed this great friendship with Denny Hamlin because Denny would come sit in the front row uh, to watch uh, the, uh, the the NBA team there in Charlotte mm -hmm. um, and uh, and uh, talking about suffering. Now, anyway, anyway, yeah, the, we uh, don't need to get the, into that. We don't go there. But but <laughs> but but uh, Michael um, appreciated the support and uh, and then they get together and how cool is this? And and it's cool for so many reasons. And you know most of the reasons we don't have to go back there and rehash all that. Happy for Bubba Wallace, but Denny Hamlin gets to basically say okay moving toward that car on a roll down the mm -hmm. road and um and bringing michael jordan in and the sponsorship and support here again something else that you know michael has waited all these years to get involved in a sport and he's michael's been a fan you know you i've seen i've mm -hmm. seen michael jordan at college football games on the sony be somewhere to uh to, to when they would announce michigan announced they were doing the air jordan gear for the in the university of michigan so he was there uh, on the sidelines i stood and talked to michael for a while he's been a huge fan of motorsports always mm -hmm. has been growing up all the way plus playing nba basketball and now he's chosen this time uh, to get in, get in the NASCAR, he, and and Denny Hamlin to be his partner, and Bubba Wallace to be his driver. What's that say about where this sport is and what it's trying to do, big picture wise? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited for what 23XI is going to do in 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 21. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that you say that the the, the 23XI, 2311. Everyone's kind of trying to figure out how to say it or what the you know what they prefer to be called or whatever because. Um, I, my first thought was, do you say, you know, Bubba Wallace driving the number three for 2311 racing? And for someone who doesn't do numbers, that just gave me an anxiety attack right there. 23, okay. Isn't 20, that 20, yeah. driving the 23 for 2311 racing? Like, yeah. Was that how yeah. they'll have a yeah. say it? Is that, are they going to have a different? I think I they'll know. have some big time sponsorship names on that car. So it'll be, I yeah, so I think that, yeah. you know, they'll. And you think you think Michael Jordan will get be interviewed any during the pre-race? I don't know. They might, I hope they remember he's there. I hope yeah. they remember Michael Jordan's <laughs> going to be at Daytona. He hasn't he hasn't mentioned it yeah. at all. Yeah. In fact, that was actually the caption for the announcement video was just "See you at Daytona," which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. What if Denny 
has to pass his driver to win and keep his driver from winning his first race. And he gets out and suddenly the guy, the first person to confront Denny on pit road is Michael. Yeah. I don't want to be, in the, I don't want to be, I just want to be the small fly on the wall there. I don't want to be oh. anywhere involved in that. Scenario. You know what? If, if this team runs out well early on and I hope they do and mm -hmm. Bubba's up there competing and, uh, and, 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 you, and Bubba has to be a Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin or Joey Lagone or Brad Keselowski, whatever. Good for them. Good oh, for yeah. Them. I think it's going to be a little while though before they can get to that level. I think they're going to have to grow a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about some silly season news because as we mentioned earlier, there were some big developments that yeah. were announced this week. I think we already touched on Chase Briscoe will be filling that number 14 seat right. for Stuart Haas as Clint, as we mentioned heads into his role in the booth um yep. which i mean we we talked we already talked on it we don't really need to get into it but um just congratulations for briscoe and if you didn't if you didn't read his tweets about how what it means to him to get to run uh for tony stewart dad like you touched on earlier go back and read those because chase posted a really nice uh, note just about that this is truly a dream come true for him and then tony responded with a nice note saying how much he respects that young talent so yeah, um this is just going to be a really awesome uh development an awesome pair i'm excited to see what he does and man the talent at stewart haas is just yeah, quickly rising yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Cole Custer, the other drivers there have, have, have also tweeted and welcomed Chase. They're, they're so excited. Uh, if you want to, if you want to make your day, if you want to make your day, if you're feeling down or low, just go, go on Twitter and pull up those, those, uh, mm -hmm. those tweets from Chase Briscoe and Tony Stewart and look at how special that, that relationship is and how exciting that is. Imagine if you have a mentor, whatever you're doing, I don't care what you're doing, you have a mentor and suddenly you get that mentor hires you to be a part of what he's doing or how cool is that? That, that it couldn't be any better. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It'd almost be like getting to sit down with your mentor and talk about racing. That would be real, like, I truly think that would be the coolest experience. I can only imagine. No. All right. So we mentioned on the truck side too. I already mentioned that Haley Deegan is going to be running full time next season in the trucks for DGR Crosley and Zane oh. Smith uh, re-signed um, with GMS for next season in that 20 run truck. So that is the developments on the truck side. On the Xfinity side, my buddy Justin Haley pulled through. He is returning to colleague next season. I am very excited about that. You know, we talked a little bit about talent moving up too soon and that's not to slight Justin's talent. I say that more to uh, talk about how great colleague is doing and um, the excitement to see the loyalty. Loyalty yes. again. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Matt, I'm a fan of Matt Colleague. I, I like, I like what he's done and how he's done it. And he hasn't tried to grow too quickly and, and get too big bridge bridges as mm -hmm. we would say down in the South. You know, I think that, I think that, that that's going to be a situation where he can step up if he wants to, or he may decide, okay, I'm, I'm really good in this Xfinity program. I like what I'm doing here. Uh, or I may want to step up and, and, and the drivers who have driven for him, you know, AJ Allman, and the other guys that they love the fact mm -hmm. this guy, this guy gets it. They under, he gets the big picture. And uh, I think that Justin Haley staying put is a good move for him. And it really speaks a lot about how much respect and loyalty he has for Matt Colley. Mm -hmm. And Chris Rice as well. I mean, oh, the two yeah, of them together yeah. is just the dynamic duo. But yeah. Justin re-signing with Colleague, um paints a very interesting and exciting picture for that team next season. Because now you look at who's going to fill the tin car for Chastain. Right. Personally, if I were to take a guess, uh, I would look at a guy like Anthony Alfred who's running part-time in that 21 for RCR. He's kind of sharing that ride with Kaz Grala right now. 
colleague obviously uh, having that alliance with RCR, I could definitely see them giving Alfredo a shot at full time with colleague in the 10. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, or, I don't know. I, that's an interesting potential there. Does Almondinger return? A lot of people thought this announcement this week was going to be coming from Almondinger as far as what yeah. he was going to be doing next year. He kind of trolled everybody and made it seem like that and then didn't tell us that's anything AJ. new. But that's AJ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had too much fun over there at Colleague making that announcement. He's a good I know. Guy. He's a lot of fun to be around. Which is why I'm really anxious to see what he's going to do next year as well so yeah. uh justin yeah. was just kind of the one puzzle piece that was put into play over there for that team um it's going to be quite an interesting picture to play out for 2021 for yeah. college and by the way yeah I, I and here and here again i'm not a cup owner cup series owner i know it's very expensive to run a cup team but my goodness uh there's six road course races next year uh aj Almendinger <laughs> is as good as it gets on a, in, in any car on a road course and he's proven it now with winning and he's also now winning uh, on oval track so mm -hmm. um and he's really good on the re aj is really good on the plate track what used to be the plate tracks Daytona talladega so now you're looking at six road course races for four of those events that's 10 races of your schedule that aj Almendinger could be as good as anybody out there or if not better and so why wouldn't you if you got a good seat why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to are you going to run an extra car why wouldn't you grab aj Almendinger and put him in the car i mean i, I think i would because that's that's like the old days when you used to get a road racing ringer to go run watkins Glen or sonoma now you just get this guy and hire him for, for the full season let him run those six you know those six road course races which i'm excited about um and uh because he's proven he deserves it and can win yeah well and if i'm matt Holliger or chris rice you're talking about the the uh variation there i'm looking at aj and going okay i have like you said a phenomenal road course racer and then justin who was a you know play track or tapered spacer track or whatever right, yeah. has found tremendous success he's a cup win already on right. a super speedway um i mean the variety that he has there in drivers and the potential that he has to test the waters in the cup series in the next yep. few seasons is going to be very exciting and i hope that he chooses to do so i can imagine that he would yeah i, I think that's well said i agree um one incredibly feel-good story from this week as far as silly season goes. We talked, Dad, you and I have mentioned Sam Mayer, obviously, the past couple weeks and how he will be hopping in uh, the Xfinity Series driving for Junior Motorsports. He's going to be doing the second half of the 2021 season. Well, we found out this week that that first half will be driven by Mr. Josh Berry, who has been with Junior Motorsports for what, 10 years now. Yeah. Um, he's in their late model program. So Josh got the call. If you have, I know I keep sending you to Twitter, but you must go. There's a video. Junior Motorsports got it on video. Josh was at the shop. Dale Jr. called him himself, himself and told him that they were going to be putting him in the Xfinity car for next season. And, oh, my gosh, it made me want to cry. I mean, just – the pride that he had and the appreciation and how thankful he was 10 years of working yeah. for junior motorsports and finally getting that opportunity. He's run a couple Xfinity races. He's run a handful yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, but now to get a chance to really go out there and prove himself and for junior himself to call him and say, I want you. I mean, ugh. that a boy junior, uh, you and you and Kelly. I mean, what you guys have done with that, with junior motorsports is sensational and i know that kelly's behind the scenes but she she does works her tail off there and all the guys that are are part of that but for you to pick up the phone and call that kid mm -hmm. I mean, you know he's driving for you anyway but to say hey and we want to we want to give you this opportunity that's what it's about and uh, that that that's heartwarming mm -hmm. again again and junior does stuff like that and you know, I, I, I won't even go back and tell the story again about him driving by a, a middle school and seeing these kids trying to practice football and they don't have enough equipment for everybody to have a helmet or have this and Junior made it happen quietly. Didn't want, didn't want people to know mm -hmm. he had done it, but he made it happen. Which makes it happen. Which, which is, once that, that just tells you about what's here. He's got, mm -hmm. he's, got a, he's got a big time ticker in here. And for him to want to help 
this kid, Barry, and pick up the phone and call mm -hmm. him. How cool is that? Well, and you and I were just talking about uh, the 21 ride over at um, in the Xfinity side, and that ride being shared by Kaz Gralla and Anthony Alfredo. And the reason I mention that is because that, and I, I know Kaz personally, so I've chatted with him, that's been a really cool season for them, for both yeah. Kaz and Anthony, to split this ride and to kind of be able to um, work off of each other and learn together. Yeah. Um, so I say that because when you look at this ride for Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series next year, you've got 29-year-old Josh Berry running the first half of the season, and then you've got Knight, who will be 18 at the time, 18-year-old Sam Mayer running the second half. So to think about this, this um, both late model experience, different ages, different skill sets, working together in the same car to uh, understand and learn and make their way in yeah. the series, I just think that is such a cool dynamic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that works out next year. Yeah, that's 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 like seeing a that's like seeing a true freshman come in and play. Yeah. Or, or you're watching a true freshman quarterback who may not be quite there yet to play, but he's on the sidelines, and it may and there's going to come a time halfway through the season where you're going to say, "Okay, son, we're going to put you in here." It may be against Clemson or Alabama, but this is your shot. Mm -hmm. So putting Sam Mayer in that car when he's old enough, when he's 18, and you're going to go out there and you're going to race against the best of the best uh, in the Xfinity series. So that's cool. That's it's cool. And you're the coach. You're the you're, you're, you're Kelly or Dale Jr. You're doing this, you're making this happen. And, and that makes, if I, if I was those people and I, I gotta believe they go home and sleep well and not knowing that's what they're doing for the sport and for these young people. Uh, the reaction alone from Josh Berry about getting that ride, that says it all. We're, we're doing something right over yeah, here at Junior yeah. Sports. These guys are so appreciative of the opportunities yeah. they get. So, All right, on the cup side, two big announcements. Eric Jones has landed in a seat, and I am so happy for yeah. him. He will be piloting that number 43 for RPM. I mean, wow, okay, the 43 Chevy goes to Mr. Jones. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm happy for two reasons. I'm happy for Eric because because he deserves it. And here's a kid that, and I'm happy for RPM, for Richard Payton Motorsports, that pretty much tells us they're going to be around next year. I was worried at the beginning of the year because of the, all the stresses and strains and sponsorship dollars, et cetera, and that Andrew and, and Richard Petty, Andrew Merston and Richard Petty would, would be able to make this work. They did, and, 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 and for Bubba Wallace's sake, they did. And they had some good runs. They've grown and they're developing. They're not there yet, uh, and they're right. They share a parking lot with RCR, mm -hmm. so they're right close by, and there's a tremendous amount of respect there. But, but now uh, they get – they get an accomplished driver. Uh, they get, I mean, here's Eric Jones has won at Daytona. He's won mm -hmm. the Southern 500 at Darlington for all places. So he's, he's won some tough races and he's got to get in that car. And, and, and I think that having him in that car will help them sponsorship wise in, in so many ways. And uh, I think that's just, that's just so cool that, that, that he gets a chance to get and drive for the King mm -hmm. the 43 number. I don't care who you are. You go back to, I can remember standing and talking to John, the late John Andretti, who, was awesome what an incredible individual you know in, in human being but the and here's the he's a part of the andretti family and he's talking about you know with reverence almost in almost in shaking when he talks about how special it was to drive for the king richard petty yeah i mean you said it yourself to the recognition of the 43 and that's why i'm so excited for eric jones to get this yeah. opportunity because whether you're a jones fan or not you recognize the 43 and you already respect that and i feel like for the first time in the cup series eric is going to get an opportunity as a single car operation to be uh the driver people are going to get to see yeah. His yeah. personality more. They're going yeah. to get to see what sponsors like about him. He really has an opportunity. He's a young kid. He's, he's about my age. I mean, he's in his mid to late 20s. Um, and he's already, as we mentioned in you know previous episodes, he's been through a lot just personally as well in the past couple seasons, uh, losing his father. And I just think, I mean, this kid is 
a phenomenal person just off the racetrack, an incredible competitor, and then also just a really fun young kid. So I'm yeah. hoping that, you know, being with this team, getting a chance to kind of shine, he's going to be able to prove himself more just on a, um, a fan basis. You'll get to know Eric Jones a little better next I season. would not be surprised. This young man that has nothing to prove, but yet he will have something to prove. Mm -hmm. He wants to prove something for himself and for people uh that uh that that hey i belong here and i can win and i can be you know so i think he'll come out and he will be driving his tail off how cool would it be for this this kid to give the 43 car a win mm. to bring richard petty back to victory lane <laughs> I, I know i do too <laughs> yeah you know, see it to see the king with that cowboy hat and that with that bird that hit it at 30 miles an hour you know and and the, and the big sunglasses you know i i just think uh uh i think that'd be awesome and I, and I mm -hmm. hope Eric Jones, uh, you know, I hope you do it, son. I really do. I do too. I, I really hope that for him. Another kid too, with a great story that maybe in the off season, we'll have to take the time to tell some of these stories because yeah, Eric yeah. as well has a yeah. phenomenal story of working to where he is now. So, all right, dad, uh, let's, let's talk Texas because, um, you know what, before we talk Texas, this is how my brain works. We talk Texas and then I go, Texas is always, you know, Eddie Gossage doing his, doing his Eddie Gossage-ness, which makes for such a fun <laughs> yeah, weekend. Yeah. But it's because of people like Humpy Wheeler right. that we have people like Eddie Gossage. And I wanted to know, yesterday was Humpy Wheeler's 82nd birthday, wow, Dad. Wow. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Humpy. Happy birthday, Humpy. Happy, you know, uh, you know I, I tell you, you know how much, how much I love the France family and Bill France Sr. and Bill France Jr. and everyone have been a part of that gym and everyone. But when it comes to just being a P.T. Barnum of promoters, oh, yeah. Humpy Wheeler, whether it was jumping school buses or, 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 or thrill shows or having people rappelling out of helicopters and reenacting re the invasion of Grenada, <laughs> all that happened in the pre-race, folks. He had some guy that was going to do a hang gliding thing. Some daredevil was going to hang glide off of the turn four uh, uh, canopy roof onto the, that didn't go well, yeah, onto well. the um, uh, grass there. Uh, and you got to get past the racetrack before you get to the grass. That didn't go well. But anyway, the, the, but Humpy, Humpy did it all. I mean, he was incredible. And Eddie Gossage worked for Humpy. You talked about what a great promoter Eddie is and Jerry Caldwell and all these guys that are really part of that, that organization. But Humpy really, really did mm -hmm. it. And I, I got a chance to do public address announcing at the Speedway with Bill Connell and all some of the legends there and when I was first starting out. And, and Humpy was, I just, oh my gosh. I, and so Humpy Wheeler, you know, you have, uh, you have made racing special. And so even before the race starts, you know, boxing mm -hmm. rings down there with boxing gloves. And, and when I was a kid in college, I got a chance, I got paid, I think $25 for the weekend to come drive an armored truck. Me and another guy drove an armored, you know how hard it is to drive an armored car? <laughs> this is an armored truck. We had to go downtown and get fake money and come back because it was a million dollar win for the, for the Winston. And we drove this armored truck into the, into the garage area and opened the back and, and, um, and pulled out fake money. Now the money that you won with was real, but the yeah. money you had in the armored truck was fake. Uh, or else I might not be here today. But anyway, the, uh, the <laughs> I drove that armored truck right home, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, but that's humpy for the, you. But the pre-race shows, the pre-race yeah. shows, humpy and humpy. You were phenomenal. Um, you did one. Remember, remember Dick Clark. You were too young, but Dick Clark's American Bandstand. He actually brought Dick Clark, legendary Dick Clark. You know the New Year's Eve thing, mm -hmm. an American Bandstand to the pre-race show at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I that's got to so be the PA cool. person on the on the uh, on the stage with Dick Clark. Uh, Barbie Benton, um, she was a Playboy Playmate of the Year back when that people had those kind of things, and and um, uh, and uh, the, uh, the and I got to int introduce all these different people as a part of American Bandstand, but the but the race fans loved it, That's and that so was cool. and that was Humpy Wheeler. Humpy, 
happy birthday, my friend. And thank you for all you've given to all of us. And thank you for teaching Eddie Gossage about you know, <laughs> how to be just a killer promoter in, in, in motorsports. Yeah, you truly have paved the way. So happy 82nd birthday. Humby, we will spare you and not sing to you right now. We will not sing happy birthday. Yeah, Maybe right. next year. We'll see. Yeah, let's hope so. Hope it's many more years, buddy. Of course. Yeah, Hump, that's the other thing. Humpy's around. I mean, you see him. Oh, if you're no. involved, and, Humpy is there. I mean, he is yeah. out and about and very much still involved in the racing world, which is so fun. Yeah. I love that. All right, headed to Texas. Uh, Dad, it's going to be quite an interesting weekend because we've already discussed that um, Phoenix quickly approaching. you got to get there to even be yep. competitive. So um, this weekend at Texas is going to be huge for a few of these playoff guys. Um, right, right. We mentioned, you know, Denny Hamlin obviously being a big uh, forefront runner all season long, and now he's, he's looking at some – must do pretty well situations these next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's uh, there are uh, nine former Texas winners in the in the Cup field this weekend, and four are playoff contenders: Harvey, Camlin, Logano, and Kurt Busch. Uh, so uh, those guys have won, and obviously, remember Kurt Busch? He's he's pretty much got to win a race mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of what happened with the, with the, with the lost engine last week at Kansas. But he's won there before, so it could happen. And that's how Kurt Busch got in here by winning, uh, pulling off a win. You know, great strategy, mm -hmm. and earned it. He didn't get wasn't given to him. He earned it, and so he could win. Uh, so you don't know. Joey Logano has already won. He's in, um, but everyone expects Hamlin and Harvick to be the guys there. I wouldn't count out. Uh, Brad Kozlowski either, you know, mm -hmm. as far as Texas is concerned. Um, you know, I, I think it's, um, I think it's going to be really interesting and, you know, it's a long race. Uh, we've had some shorter events, but it's, you know, five, a lot of laps at Texas mm -hmm. Motor Speedway on a wide racetrack where anything can happen. Um, and, um, you know, and it's, uh, it, I just think, uh, I think it's going to be now back in the spring, Texas, as typically it can, gave us some surprises. We had right. an RCR one-two finish. That's know, right, Austin, Austin Dillon. Dillon. That's job, how he Austin. locked himself into the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. And so, so they, you know, and 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 Tyler Reddick, his rookie teammate, right. finishing second. So you never know what's going to happen at Texas. Mm -hmm. Well, and and outside of the playoffs, because there's still a lot of storylines there, you know, without looking at the playoffs. I look at two guys in the field. I look at Kyle Busch and I look at Jimmy Johnson. Those two guys yeah. have led the most laps of anyone in the field at Texas. Yep. And Kyle, again, still looking for that first win. I have to believe his seat is just on fire. I mean, he is going to do everything he can to get a win. And I say that because um, we were joking this, this week at work that it would be the most Kyle Busch thing to go out there and win Phoenix. Would it not, you know, yeah, to just yeah. go all season and then just take the, the win at Phoenix. And, did it last and, year won the championship. That's what I'm saying. Would, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, wouldn't but. that be good? And Jimmy Johnson's a seven-time winner at Texas, by the way. No one's won mm. more than he has, so that, that would be cool for, for Jimmy. Would love to see him in victory lane before he hangs it up. And, and, and I keep saying that Kyle Busch is going to win a race for the years out, and I think it, I still think it's happening. Running out of chances, uh, but yeah, we got Texas yeah. and Martinsville and, and, and then Phoenix. But you're right, wouldn't it? <laughs> it really would. I mean, that, that would be so yeah. Kyle Busch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could just see Kyle celebrating his win along with the champion celebrating yeah, their championship. Right, yeah, right. it's truly a picture, but I'm very excited about this weekend at Texas. Quickly, I want to run through the schedule because the races are a bit funky this weekend. We have the Xfinity Series uh, on Saturday at 4.30 on NBC SN or the NBC Sports app if you don't have SN. Yep. Um, and then the trucks, it's a double header on Sunday. The trucks are actually running on Sunday before the Cup Series. They're going to be on the track at noon. You can catch that on FS1. And then the Cup Series will be in action following at 3.30. Again, that's on NBC SN or the NBC Sports app.
Yeah, great weekend of racing in Texas. So, so uh, you folks who are who are college football fans, watch the early events on Saturday, then uh, be able to watch the Xfinity race, and then Sunday you got a you got a doubleheader. So how, how cool Didn't is that? that? You can't can't beat that. And yeah. you know you know it's going to be exciting. Eddie Gossage will guarantee it's going to be exciting. Glad to have the fans that can be there there. Mm -hmm. Those that can't watch watch with us. We didn't invite you over, but we're our lights may not be. Yeah, but we have home. a ghost in our home, so. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm Martinsville. Oh my oh, gosh, I'm so excited. Speaking of Halloween, I mean Martinsville. That weekend is just yeah. going to be incredible. We're going to have to do some cool stuff for next week's episode, yeah. Dad. Yeah, I've got uh, a football game next Saturday, but I may try to get up. To, I may see if I can pick you up. We'll go get a hot dog on Sunday. Oh, can you please, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Yes, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Awesome episode, though, Dad. Texas this weekend. Looking forward to it. Episode 24 is now in the books. Yep. Can you believe you've been doing this for 24 weeks now? Wow. How about that, sweetie? Huh. Yeah. Wow. Before we know it, it'll be episode 124, yeah. right? Yeah, well, I don't know about I, I, <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so. And, you know, and, and here again, I'm excited. Look where we are, what we are. You know, thanks. Thank you, fans, for being so supportive mm -hmm. of, of our show and of NASCAR. And thank you, NASCAR, for getting us here. My God, a global pandemic, and you made it happen. That's cool. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And not to get too far ahead of myself, but, Dad, I had some really cool ideas today for what we could do in the offseason when What's we aren't that? racing. Uh, well, I don't want to keep them all away now. I mean, we can talk about oh, them okay. later, but right. just ju okay. just that to say, yeah. we wouldn't, we probably won't be going too far. You know, even yeah. though we have three races left this season, we still have some cool things up our sleeve to bring yeah. you from the NASCAR You're like world. Mom, I, you tell me I'm on a need to know basis, and right now, I don't yeah, need to know, you don't need so to know right I'm... now. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where to be and when to be there. <laughs> All right, well, that. that is all for episode 24. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow. You can watch us on YouTube every week if you love to see our smiling faces. Five-star reviews, thumbs up, all that good stuff you do yeah. when you listen to podcasts. Um, my mom is staring at me from in the corner, so hi, Mom. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for listening. Shortly. Yeah, Dad's on the lights. Yeah, shortly. Um, <laughs> But dad, I love you too and thank love you, you for thank you for being here. Thank you, sweetie. Had a great time.